Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today y Manana. I'm Alex. This is Xavier. Good We're morning, very Alex. excited to have you joining us this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. A second show of the, uh, of the of new the year. year. That's right. Second show of the new year. I, you know what? I always forget what number this show is. I can't remember if yeah, it's I this week or next week. That. That is, but I think somebody else is supposed to do that. Kind I saw of that. the CMO is supposed to <laughs> yeah. is supposed to do that, uh, Midler Serpy. But uh, we are definitely up there in the number of shows we started. It, it close enough. You, you can't really get the exact date, but our first ever show was January fourteenth of twenty twenty one. So we're we're not wow. quite at the anniversary yet, but we'll be uh, close next two next Thursday somewhere between this Thursday and next Thursday. Will be the anniversary. The anniversary of today. Three years now. Three. Yeah, twenty twenty one. So yeah, three years. All of 2021, all of 2022. Three, four years. Three, four years, actually. So we're Three, four years. So we're year. starting next week will be year four. Wow. That's amazing. Today, so it's, it's incredible. It's, I've enjoyed it. It's Me too. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot we of fun. We always tell the story how the first one was, we were so nervous, and little by little, it's like, then we couldn't wait. It's like, oh, it's Thursday, good, today, mañana. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one was like, how did we let Jerry talk to us? That's right. What did he do? <laughs> what he did he do? He didn't even bribe me or anything. It just, it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then sometimes we even fight over uh, who to sit I'm on. Yeah, exactly. So I want to come on today. No, no, I'll go on. <laughs> so it's, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure, and we're... Uh, but we'll have to do something a little uh, special next week. We'll, we'll see when we've, got, uh, when we've got Matias on joining us uh, next week. So this week, we're going to be joined very shortly by Christina Ball. She is the director and founder of Speak, with an exclamation mark, uh, Language Center. So uh, she's going to be joining us shortly to learn all about that. Of course, a uh, big thank you to Emergent Financial Services. Been presenting this for three years straight now. Uh, Matias, you own Realty, Credit Serious Insurance, Castle Hill Cider, Forward, Adelante, also been with us for uh, <laughs> three years. Since the beginning. Since, since the, the beginning. beginning. Since the beginning. Uh, Dean Forward, Adelante had a lot to do with the reason why it's today in Manana and why it's uh, bilingual when needed. <laughs> so uh, always appreciate that. Always love being here on the I Love Civil Network set. Judah behind the camera, always making us look good, making things run smoothly. So we have definitely appreciated. He's also been with... For, I mean, he's well, been in I Love Sivo more than three, more years, than three years, but we've never us, done yes. the... I think we've done a grand total of, what, like, three shows well, without Jerry Judah? Did Jerry twice, did twice, and then we had some other young fellow do and then, it uh, Yeah, another times. young guy was yeah. helping us out one time. So yeah. it's like, there's been like of, of the three years' worth of shows, there's been probably like three that didn't have Judah behind the camera. He probably felt really good about magic. that. Well, I mean, I'm sure he was on he vacation. He was on vacation yeah, or something. He was like, like, oh, dude, I don't have to deal with those two. I wonder <laughs> if he listened while we were, I don't know, I didn't have to ask him. <laughs> Did he watch the show? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're excited for that. Uh, uh, later in the show, we're going to have a little finance topic. Yep. We'll cover some, some articles that come out that you can, I mean, everyone's probably seen them. If you, if you read, and if you go on... It's hard to website. miss. I mean, they, they, I mean, come yeah. on, let's face business it. Business Insider, bombarded CNBC, Fox Business, <laughs> Fidelity, Schwab, they all send sure. you this stuff by inbox. It's full of them. It's full of ones by even like, like places where I don't have an account. <laughs> are like sending me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you are not my brokerage and I'm still getting emails from you about these are the top five retirement accounts of 2024. <laughs> so uh, we'll cover those a little bit, cover yeah. some some other news, and, uh, and then see where it goes from there. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. So I don't know about you. I'm excited to, 
Oh, yes. Jump right yeah. in. I mean, she's jumping morning. out of her seat just to talk. So Absolutely, absolutely. So we're super excited to welcome to the show this morning Christina Ball. She is the director and the founder of Speed Language Center here in Charlottesville. Christina, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. Buenos, Buenos dias. dias. Buenos dias. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Uh, Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> like and good morning. How many languages like, that you guys teach? We yeah we technically teach about twenty languages. Wow. So we yeah, can say good morning yeah. in twenty languages. You definitely. Know, yeah, my I wife will want me to say Guten Morgen. There you are. Guten Morgen, German. Yes. Yeah, yes, people often will. ask me, um, do you speak all those languages? Like <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe how you maybe how you first became interested in language, and then how you sort of transitioned to start the the Speed Language Center. Oh sure, I'd be happy to. So let's see. I've always loved languages and cultures. My, um, I'm named after my grandmother, who was from Italy. She was an amazing um, gardener and seamstress, so I think I inherited her love for of good food and fashion. <laughs> so, so I grew up listening to Italian in my grandparents' home, but never actually uh, learned the language. Right. Uh, because, of course, my parents wanted you know, us to be American and, mm-hmm. and fit in. So, um, but, uh, so I developed that love of languages from my grandparents. But I, in, in college, I studied art history, and that was the first time I went to Italy, fell in love with Rome, with mm-hmm. uh, Baroque art Hard and architecture, and the language. <laughs> yeah, so eventually I uh, got my Ph.D. in Italian, fell in love with literature, and especially teaching. So I was a college professor for several years, and then in 2004, I just decided to follow, actually, in my parents' footsteps and start my own business. My parents uh, were entrepreneurs. They retired in their late 70s. Okay. They were just visiting from Chicago and uh, left uh, yesterday. But in any case, I, was, I grew up with just my, my dad starting a business in our basement in computers, and then it became software, and, how, and they evolved over the years. So they were really wow. my inspiration exactly. to take the leap. Yep. But it was teaching uh, an Italian for Travelers class here at UVA uh, and continuing ed. I had a group of adults. I was teaching them how to, how to shop, how to order in restaurants and everything. <laughs> and when the class would end, it was very popular. The students, the adult students would ask me, we want to keep learning. Where can we go? And, I did, you know, we didn't have many adult uh, learning options sure. beyond that level. So I thought, oh, I'm going to start my own business. So in 2004, I started Echo Italy. That was the, the uh, seedling for okay. my business. Business uh, in the Main Street Market. I operated out of Milano and Verity Blue. These were a coffee, Italian coffee and gelato bar, and a store owned by Mark mm. and Victoria Cave, still my dear friends. And they had a space upstairs and said, "Why don't you start your Italian school up in our lounge, and that we'll, we'll start our businesses together?" So that's, uh, that's how it started. And then people wanted Spanish, French, so we we changed our name to Speak in 2009, which I believe is when we met. <laughs> yes, we were talking well, yeah, before yeah, that we, we had met at at a at my probably my first forward on the Lante event yeah. way back in 20 yeah. well, when was that 2009 we moved into the glass building into, the, into okay. our own space so I think mm-hmm. the event I was there my first one was maybe 2014 2015 maybe yeah because yeah, we were there in two, that first 2016 time. And, and speaking of which Old Remorse founder of Forward Adelante watching the show this morning she says hola Cristina hola Olga que tal and so feliz good. año nuevo feliz año feliz nuevo feliz año nuevo a ti <laughs> You know, that's so that's beautiful. where we had yes, met fond years memories. ago, and things come 
full circle. Isn't, it, isn't, yes. it, isn't Amazing. it interesting? Amazing. We're, we're all still here kicking, huh? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> y hablando español y otros idiomas. Italiano, español. And, you know, so, it's funny because you said, you know, the, the, the thing that, you know, you, you got from your grandmother, which is, you know, the love for food and the love for fashion because she was a seamstress, right? Mm -hmm. And there's something about, you know, cultures, different cultures that, you know, like I always say, I love always going to Europe because the cultures are different, right? And the foods are different, you know, and obviously you have a lot of history there, but, and the fashions are different. So when you go there, they, you enjoy every single minute of your vacation because you enjoy the breakfast, then you enjoy <laughs> visiting whatever you may visit, whether it be, you know, a, you know, museum a, 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 a building, museum you know. or a building or just the outdoors because they have beautiful places also. And then you can't wait for lunch because, you know, you want <laughs> the more lunch things and, to experience. Exactly, <laughs> you know. And, so, and, and the beauty is that, you know, every single town, you know, it's like in Italy, for example, sometimes they have their own specialties, you know, this special pasta with their, you know, whether it be some kind of vegetable, whatever. And you can truly then enjoy, you know, how people live in those places. And I think, you know, that, you know, you, you got that from your grandmother. And I think, you know, us, you know, we also got that from our parents, our grandparents. You know, my wife is Italian also. And oh she got that from her grandparents. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's part of life. Yes, it you know? is. It is. And that's... Um that's really the goal of, of my, my business is to help enrich people's experiences right. of travel by helping them communicate with their Which waiter or you know exactly. get the most out yeah. of their trip to Italy yeah. or wherever it might be. Yeah. And one of my best friends is Cuban, so whenever uh, he cooks like amazing beans and pork recipes, you know we're reliving <laughs> yeah. his traditions exactly. and exactly. his yeah. mother taught him. That's right. That's so right. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's wonderful. That. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so how, what would you say are some of the top reasons that people come to speak? Obviously, they want to travel and you know be a little more fluent in the language. What are what are other some of the top reasons why people come to to speak to learn to learn a language from you guys? That's a good question, and, and it's changed a lot, Alex, over the years. So when I started, of course, Echo Italy, it was more for enrichment and travel that mm -hmm. people came to my business, um, and. I also taught children, so it was just for the fun, the culture. Right. We would sip cappuccino and drink gelato, mm -hmm. and I had I had uh, food and wine events, which would focus on different Italian regions. So it was very much more an enrichment uh, experience, and that's why people came. Uh, either they loved the language, or they were planning a trip to Italy. Uh, and uh, but over the years, it's really evolved. Of course, you know, as entrepreneurs and business owners, that you know, when I moved into my own space, it was like, whoa, my rent yep. just tripled. <laughs> I don't think I can. Make Make it just teaching, teaching Italian, right. you know, here and there to travelers. So um, that's when the business really started to um, grow, I would say, because out of necessity and having yep. lots of expenses. And um, we also just opened up to more languages. We, so we started teaching people who, just, who also needed the language for their jobs. So not just personal enrichment, travel enrichment, but also professional enrichment. So obviously Spanish is very needed by people in any field nowadays, so healthcare. And we started partnering with UVA uh, back in 2010. So uh, they are one of our biggest partners, and we train a lot of their faculty and staff in our 
many different languages. Right. So it could be a professor who uh, researches um, history and needs to be really good in German or Russian for right. their research okay. or for their travel. So they study with us. We also work with the Department of Defense and train people mm -hmm. who could be working in intelligence. Mm -hmm. They might need, obviously, nowadays especially, languages like Russian. And um, so we, we've done a lot more professional enrichment and adding ESL is, is actually in English and Spanish are our two most in-demand languages for professional enrichment. So oh, wow. people who move here from other countries uh, need English to move up in their in their work, mm -hmm. so we work we we teach a lot of English. So it's changed a lot. We yeah, still have Italian and French for people who love the language for personal reasons right. and for travel exactly. reasons. But I'd say um, maybe eighty percent of our business is people who need it for their careers. So there are, are there different courses when you can you know sign up for some courses are, are basically for you want to travel and therefore you need a you know a certain basics and you want to you know learn how to you know how to order some food how to ask what the restroom is etc yeah. you know or when you're shopping it's like how much does this you know uh, and then there's courses where uh, for the enrichment in the sense of, of for uh, business or maybe for work where you need you need a more comprehensive grasp I mean do they vary in like difficulty. Definitely, and we actually specialize more in one-on-one. -on -one. So oh, what people okay. do is purchase a bundle of hours, so it could be mm -hmm. 10 hours or okay. 50 hours, and what we do is match them with an instructor, and the instructor then can craft the curriculum. Uh, we call our teachers artisan <laughs> educators right, because right. they really handcraft the curriculum. So if someone's traveling to Italy, we do have actually our own uh, Buon Viaggio, Traveler's Italian curriculum. Oh, okay. um, but if they're more advanced in Italian and they love opera, then the teacher will have them <laughs> listen to opera and the watch them together, uh, and then they'll study the libretto. Gotcha. Or if they're, you know, a Russian intelligence worker and they're very advanced, obviously the instructor will uh, have them listen to audio and read mm -hmm. very advanced Russian news articles. So it's all very uh, customized. We've found that's our true niche. That's fantastic. No, that really and is, and yeah. it seems to me that's one of the best ways to do it. Is I mean, you it's it's one thing to just you know I, I've taken both. I've taken like large group classes of language, and I've taken ones where you have a little more, you know, your smaller group. And there is something about just that back and forth of the smaller group, or in this case, one on one, mm -hmm. that you kind of immerse yourself a little bit more than if you're mostly silent and mostly listening, because you you kind of do have to speak to really learn it. Like you can't. It, language, I don't think, is one of those things you can just sit like silently and just listen to somebody talk it in the language and suddenly learn how to speak it. You have to actually be active and engaged. Exactly, exactly. And I, I love the social aspect of the group classes. And mm -hmm. in fact, we're bringing those back to our new online platform now. So as we were speaking about before, we just started our new uh, Spanish group classes online, also to offer something more affordable to people mm -hmm. because right. the one-on-one -on -one has a higher price point. Um, but yeah, always with the focus on speaking, 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 and mm -hmm. yeah, I think people, that's why we're called speak and that with the exclamation Absolutely. point exactly. is our, is our passion for teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the hardest thing because let's, let's be honest, like Alex said, I mean, sometimes you learn a language and you're able to read it easily, like, like Italian, right? If I read, if I can probably read Italian, I can listen to it. I can, you know, people talk to me Italian. I pretty much understand a lot of it. Um, mm, uh, cause like I said, especially that my wife's Italian. So, you know, that when their parents spoke or their grandparents spoke, because I had some Spanish, it, it helped me out. But the speaking part, unless you really force yourself to speak, your mind's not quick enough to come up with the words. 
and and the you know how you you know make your mouth and tongue and everything else <laughs> yep. formulate the word is different in every language sometimes. So that's the important Definitely. part, I think. Is and so I, I would assume on one on one, you're forced to you know in some cases listen and then speak, listen and then speak, and I think that's probably the best way to learn. I, I love that you said listen and speak and. I always say the most important thing for students to do is actually listen and listen to the teacher and just, you know, they, they, they'll give you half of the content that you need to remember. Yeah. But yeah. as adults, we tend to, you know, get set in our ways and we're accomplished in our field. So what we've learned is that we really need to help our adult students just relax and be silly and, and you don't have to be perfect in the beginning. Right, right. exactly. Make funny sounds and exactly. listen, yeah. but... I'm working on a new T-shirt, so if the front says speak, I want the back to say listen. listen. <laughs> so just, you got it. <laughs> and it also opens up to listening to people, having empathy for people and empathy for different cultures. And we're really like bridge builders between yeah. cultures That's how we, and people. That's how we see yeah. our mission. No, I mean, and, and really, if you, most of the time when you travel, I've noticed that if you try to speak to a, you know, a, a native, a, a native mm-hmm. They'll appreciate it. You know, you may be making a mess of the language, but they appreciate that you're trying, right? And I think that's very helpful. So being able to take a little course, right, just before you leave to a country and have some of the words that you need, I think it goes a long way. It does, it does. Yeah, when I was teaching Italian, I would always just make sure they learned the greetings. Buongiorno, signora. Buongiorno, signore. Arrivederci. You know, just Mm -hmm. the basics. And so that's going to be 90% of your interactions anyway as a traveler. And people just, you know, the Italians will just light up. And and the the students obviously feel very rewarded. Especially the Italians. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) I remember a little harder in Paris to get by with them. I remember a story. We actually went to... um, uh, Quebec, oh. and we were in this hotel, and I went downstairs early in the morning, and um, I think it was the concierge, I forget what, what we were trying to do, and, and I said, bonjour, comment ça va? And she started to talk like crazy, and I said, she said, oh, you said that so well, it's like, yeah, two words, of course, you <laughs> can say that really word, but when she started going, it's like, whoa. I know, yeah. Uh, that's I'm the not other catching, challenge. I'm catching 5% of that. That happened with the gas station, too. Yeah, that's true, yeah. You needed to put the little, it, it, in Quebec, you needed to, like, let them know you were about to fill up or something, and he goes, bonjour, and then they start speaking in French, and he goes, sorry, I don't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> but they had, a, there's kind of a, they had an excitement that exactly. I'm sure would not have been there if he had pressed the button and said good morning. Right, right. They wouldn't have responded so, so excitedly. <laughs> right, right. And that's her. what motivates a lot of learners. And they'll come mm-hmm. to us and they'll say, I was just in France or Italy and I wanted to be able to speak more to the people I met. So... Please help me. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we've got some, some great guests, uh, some audience joining us. Rosalia de Rosalia Todaro, Italian, lives Italian, in yeah. uh, New York. Ah. But uh, she is Buongiorno. joining us. Buongiorno. <laughs> and then uh, Dr. Elizabeth Erpi, also joining us this morning, mm. watching the show. So appreciate, nice. uh, appreciate that. <laughs> so what, what are the different types of options? So when someone approaches speech and says, all right, I have this goal, whether it's second language, whether it's you know, for my job or to, to go somewhere, what, what are the options available to them, the different, the different types of classes that people could select at Right, at right. Well, as I said, the one-on-one is the main thing mm-hmm. that we offer, so the main core, type of course. So people can 
basically go to our website, uh, fill out a course request form, and just share all of their goals. And then the main thing they can select is whether they want in-person, if they happen to live in Charlottesville, Virginia, mm -hmm. which is our only location, uh, or online. Okay. And then they can select the number of hours that they want. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this year, as I mentioned, we're launching our online academy, which offers more group options. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will have more group options available online. So there will be some online group, and is the other online still one-on-one? -on -one? Yes, well, like online we have group, we'll have group and one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, okay. yes. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So. That's, a, that's a great way to do it. This way, yeah. no matter where you are, you can still... Right, right. And we do still have a few group one-on-one -on -one, uh, group classes in Charlottesville, uh, especially in Italian, our most popular mm -hmm. <laughs> language. <laughs> and other group classes we do for our clients, uh, such as, you know, University of Virginia will bring a teacher mm -hmm. to their location and they will oh, teach okay. uh, to, uh, you know, at, let's say, UVA Health Medical mm -hmm. Center. So uh, we, we do also custom group classes. So so. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So yeah, many really ways to... Yeah. Mm -hmm. To sign up and, and yeah, and, and, and to to friends or family, perhaps they're traveling or their mm -hmm. colleagues. Sometimes we'll we'll work with a nonprofit and help them all learn Spanish as a right. group. So oh, so we okay. do have the custom group option as well, either online or in person. Now you also mentioned uh, English, improving English. And now, do you do you ever find yourself that there's people that speak English well, but just want to, you know, become better at at you know at you know, I mean, more articulating or, or, you know, focusing on a particular area of, of, you know, English that they may not be, for example, I mean, like I speak Spanish, but if, if I had to deal in Spanish, Perfect. talking about, you know, bonds and stocks and, and business and that sort, I'm very weak because you know, I didn't grow up speaking that kind of Spanish, right? So is that something that you also provide? Yes. Um, actually, that's one of our most popular <laughs> programs. Okay. So we have a program called B-Speak, business, it's kind of business mm -hmm. speak, and we designed this online program in 2014 for originally for the Darden School of Business at UVA ah, okay. and so and that's evolved over the past uh, many years uh, so that is again one-on-one -on -one English for people who already at, are at the intermediate or right. even advanced level and they could be professionals or, mm -hmm. or business MBA students from around the world and they tend to need help perfecting their grammar perfecting their pronunciation mm -hmm. building confidence right exactly. in public speaking right and so it's definitely one of our one of our niche markets is the Fantastic. intermediate yeah. advanced speaker of of english or really any language as you mentioned right, exactly. spanish <laughs> if i wanted to work i'm trying to improve my spanish but um yeah so that's and then that has um created kind of an offshoot which is our public speaking program mm, so we're actually we were surprised to get uh, requests from native english speakers who wanted to improve their public speaking so i mean now that i think of it it's it's kind of an obvious offshoot mm -hmm. but people who have to even lead a zoom meeting mm -hmm. lead, be right. training people or giving lecturing a lot of professors are not Natural-born public speakers. Right, exactly. So they, you know, I know from having gone through a PhD program, <laughs> we're not taught public speaking or lecturing at all, uh, and it's a really useful skill. So we're Absolutely. getting, yeah, we're, that program is really growing our public speaking. That's fantastic. For native speakers or non-native speakers of English. 
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So many options. There's so many things, even more than I would have thought. Because I saw the twenty, <laughs> I saw the twenty plus languages. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, we need English for podcasters. You don't need it, you too. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I would not. Uh, maybe on this side, that side we're okay. <laughs> you know, well, you can always improve your, your public speed. I'll never forget one time I was at a a uh, business event and they had in two teachers for public speaking, and they made us all test. How many times in they said, we want you to keep track of how many times you say um as a space filler when you're doing some kind of public speech. And you'd be amazed you sit there and you were like, oh, yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> you say um or like or yeah or some other space filler while your brain is going. And you don't realize how many times you actually do it. And I sat there and said, I did this maybe 10 times in a speech and they would kind of they had only an hour but they worked with us to try and help not do that but you'd be amazed just even for for a native speaker how much you can learn from a question and sometimes it's it's how to speak but also grammar and basic things i remember when i first started learning spanish i realized that my greater deficiency was probably english grammar because you start learning Spanish, and the professor, this was in college, has said, and you know, the preterite and the imperfect past tense. And I'm sitting there saying, oh boy, these are like English <laughs> grammar things. I better make sure that I know them very well. And you could see that those who struggled at the very beginning, a lot of times it wasn't so much that they were struggling from pronunciation or the words. It was, if you're trying to learn the difference in Spanish between the present tense and the preterite tense and the imperfect tense, if you don't know what those three things are in English, it makes it that much harder to learn them in Spanish. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised how, how a few people actually remember what, the, what their grammar lessons from high school English class, I don't right? remember those already. <laughs> Learned them, forgot them. And forgot them. Exactly. You know, speaking of business, as you mentioned, the business lesson, what, what's it like on the business side? I mean, in addition to doing what you love, which, of course, is, you know, teaching language to people, but what, what's it like running your own business for, uh, what is it now, over, uh, over a decade now? I know. Well, how many hours do we have left here on the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been quite a, quite a, a ride, I would say. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the type of person who likes ver- variety and challenge and creating mm-hmm. things, so I have a very artistic side. So that's great for being an entrepreneur because you can create the public speaking program and mm-hmm. adding languages and creating a team and building things. Um, the the challenges are more in the in the you know the day to day, the management yep. and uh, obviously um, shifting over the years. I learned a lot from my parents because you know they started their computer company selling, you know, hardware, then software, then, their, you know, service, and always had to shift based on the market. And in education, it's the same. Look at us doing a podcast on Facebook Live, mm-hmm. and look at uh, Duolingo and all the uh, Rosetta Stone, and look at the, the pandemic, which was the main um, challenge, and it was the main challenge for my business, but also uh, led to great opportunities right, exactly. in the online teaching. Right. So in when the pandemic, pandemic struck us in 2020, we only taught English online with our oh. B-Speak English program. So with the pandemic, all of our teachers, and more importantly, all of our adult students had to, had to learn how to take lessons on yes. Zoom or other video conferencing platforms, and they learned, oh, wow. This isn't that different from sitting next to you in the classroom at Speak or... And for some of them, there were, maybe they said, oh, it's more convenient because yeah, I don't have to exactly. drive. I can just 
get ready five minutes beforehand or something. Right, right. So that, you know, that was a great lesson just to see that, like, something I thought would kill my business was actually our greatest um, fertilizer, if right, you will. Right, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's happened to so many people, though, right? And we're, we're something, we've something like to... that, you know, just created enormous opportunity for mm-hmm. some businesses. And, yeah, and yeah. other businesses struggled, you know. Exactly, yeah. 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 You know, I mean, we've heard how many entrepreneurs have said the word, like, silver lining to us. Exactly. Well, the silver yeah. lining of the right. pandemic was that I did this, and now that's the biggest part of my business. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's yeah, it's, it's, it's it is the beauty of entrepreneurship and the creative nature. I was going to say it's right. those creative that, juices. You, you start thinking about wait a minute, I, I you know this is my business. I got to find a way to make it work. And before you know, it's like holy oh, cow, why can't I do this? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so that was the fun part. Now there's a challenge because we're growing more online, and yet I love in person mm-hmm. and community. That makes so two of us. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like kind do, of a you know fork do, in the road where yeah. I have to decide how mm-hmm. much of my physical space I need to keep and um, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm thinking about a lot this year. Absolutely makes total yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah we're I mean now business is the same I mean our you know more and more people now sometimes say well instead of coming to the office can, can we do a Zoom right. right and you know I'm, I'm the same way I'm a person to person mm-hmm. I just love it and part of it I always say it's like I, I, I think I speak more with my hands than with my mouth I love that and we have that in, in common and in Zoom it's like I, I get the feeling like people saying what's he doing what's with his hands <laughs> and it's like, like it's not quite, it's like, what's going on there um, so I have to learn to like when it comes to Zoom time to try to con- control those those hands a little bit more I know and, I know you know but again it's just uh, it's one of those things you 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 improve in everything you do so you realize that's a that's the new world we're in so I now have to become better at that also. Mm-hmm. And then when people come in, and it's like, it's the old me. You know? It's a treat. Yeah. yeah. It's a treat Absolutely. to Definitely. see people in person like, Definitely like a we're treat. doing now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Older says, Christina, I loved your space and the concept. We had an amazing event with Forward yes. uh, back in the day. Thanks, Olga. <laughs> we have a new space now. It's just as beautiful, but it's in McIntyre Plaza. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Also a nice, yeah, a nice, nice place, area. Yeah. So, yeah. Christina, it's, it's been a pleasure. Before we let you know, Dad, ask those. So, if people are interested, they say, okay, I definitely want to learn more, sign up. What are the best ways to, to get in touch and, and find you guys? Definitely. Well, for local people, you can find us in McIntyre Plaza. And for everyone else, at speaklanguagecenter.com is the best place to find more information. Speaklanguagecenter.com. Speak <laughs> is it speak with the exclamation or just No, without, okay. without, yeah. <laughs> yeah, straight through, speaklanguagecenter.com. Yeah, same thing on Instagram, at speaklanguagecenter. Yeah, without the exclamation without point. Without the exclamation. <laughs> you have to take a class to get the exclamation point. There you are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, well, Christina, it's been a fantastic pleasure. It's been so good to see you again. Yes, Absolutely, yes. Mucho gusto. Sí, gracias. Un placer, un placer. Nos and we look forward to... Hasta la próxima vez. You, sí, hasta la próxima vez. Igualmente, thank sí. you so much thank you take care <laughs> all right so as we uh, transition here we're gonna go from entrepreneurship topic to our business to topic, our business our finance, yeah. topic <laughs> finance topic for today know. which which i think we still it, it's it's also i have to say it's, it's an interesting one i have been uh, looking forward since you since uh, we've been talking about it um two different topics i don't know which one you wanted to uh to start so i just want to yeah i mean it you know it occurred to me that again there are this time of the year, as you mentioned, I mean, throughout the year, but in, in specifically either at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year, there seems to be a bombardment of articles, you know, indicating that, you know, you should be worried about this or you should be doing that or you should be doing this. And and one article in particular that, that kind of caused a lot of angst amongst, amongst some clients is there was an article that indicated that because of the market rally at the end of last year, right, 
people were going to have to, people that already are receiving RMDs, which are required minimum distributions, meaning that if you're over 72 years old, the chances are you've been receiving required minimum distributions. And you have to take money out of money that you have to take out. 401k, exactly. and of course, when you take money out, you get taxed. Exactly. Out. So, because of the fact that how the formula works is at the end of the year on 12:31, right? Um, there's a market value for your account. That market value is what determines, dictates yeah. determines how much required minimum distribution you're going to take the following year. So, of course. The higher the market value, the more required minimum distribution. So the article was indicating that because of that, people are going to have to take required minimum distributions and pay higher taxes, right? And so this was a challenge for some people. And I'm sitting there and going, so wait a minute. So the option is the market goes up, you make more money, you take money out, and, and you're, ta- you and you're paying out. whatever. I mean, if you're retired, the chances are you're paying less than 20% on, on whatever that may be. You know, how, how, you know, let's say that you're... But even you 20, know, let's say 20. 20%. So let's say the required minimum says you've got to take $10,000 out, right? Or $20,000 mm-hmm. out. So I mean, say so you're paying 20% of that. So $2,000 goes to the IRS, and you get eight. So isn't it better that you got $10,000 and you got $9,000? And basically, you're not paying 20% anyway, and mm-hmm. you're paying 1800 to the tax people, you're left with less money. Exactly. So the point is, a higher market value is good for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have to pay more taxes, then that's fine. You pay more taxes, but still less than... Not right? having it. In other yeah. words, let's say your market value went up by 50000 right? And now you have to take $20,000 more out, right? And... Uh, you're sitting there and you have to pay taxes on that. You, I'd still rather pay taxes on 20% of 50000 than not get the 50000 Second right. of all, so let's say that from your account, you need to pull $25,000 every year, right? Because that's what you need to live on. Mm-hmm. So if your requirement distribution is twenty, right? Because the market went up, right? That means you only have to take five more. If you've got 18, that means you really have to pull more. Mm-hmm. Now, the challenge there is when you pull out of principal, guess what? The interest amount that you make or the, the growth of that fund is, is reduced dramatically, mm-hmm. which means eventually you may run out of money. So the idea of a higher market value is not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. Mm-hmm. And then he said that you know this year will be the highest amount of RMDs ever. And I said, well, no kidding. Every single the- year, 10 years from now, that number is going to be even higher. But I mean, the only way the number, the amount of RMD goes down is if you had some catastrophic market crash. If you think about it, every year more people reti- retire. Exactly. Which means more pe- – and every year more people turn age – well, now it's been moved, but turn 72, 73, 74, whatever, given when you were born, whatever age you have to start taking RMDs. Every year more people – turn that age and right. have to take money out, which adds to the pot. So the only way that RMD, the total amount of RMDs in the country taken out would decline is if you had a market crash, which would be a terrible thing. Because, so exactly. in other words, the fact that the total number amount of RMDs taken goes up every year and is the it's highest a, a, ever every year is a fantastic it's a good thing. thing. Exactly. It's a good thing, you know. So, so of course, pe- people panic. Oh my lord, I got to take more MDs. How's that going to do to Am my I taxes? Hit with a big tax yeah. bill. So, you know, so you have to go through the math with them and yep. explain that next is a good thing. And you know, they're usually when you retire, you're in a tax bracket that 
doesn't make an impact, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to, it's not going to. So th- their point was that you, it might push you into a bracket where it's going to impact your Medicare, right, or your Social Security. I said, you have to be very, very wealthy. You have to be earning a lot of money for that to happen. Yeah. Most people are not in yeah, that. Yeah, in other but, words, if that's a good problem to have. In other words, if your RMD is so massive that it's putting you into the tax bracket where you, uh, your Social Security and your Medicare are impacted. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, most exactly. people aren't. I mean, what, I don't even know what that number would be. But, yeah, I can't remember. It's, it's, it's but, over 200, though. Yeah. I mean, you have a good problem. If you, your retirement is so large that you get $200,000 a year of RMD, I'm pretty sure you can figure out a way to live off <laughs> a little bit less Social Security and Medicare. So that's exactly. one of those problems that really it's a problem – it's one of those things, it's like we always tell people when people are like, oh, man, I made so much money this year, now I have to pay higher taxes. And we're like, is it a problem? Yes. Is it, but it's kind of a good problem. Like exactly. If, you, if you're making so much more money this year than last year that you have to pay more taxes, that's kind of a good problem to have. It doesn't mean there's not things you have to figure out. But it's, it's not a bad thing that you're making more money. Like the, you really, it's not a problem where you want the alternative. It's like, oh, man, if only I was making a lot less money so that I didn't have to pay these taxes. And it's like nobody ever yeah, said that. Exactly. It's like your boss saying, listen, I mean, you know, you're making $80,000 a year. We're going to raise you to 100 but you'd have to pay so much taxes. We decided we're going to leave you at eighty, or maybe decline. Maybe take some money so out of it, maybe taxes. less because you pay less taxes. You'd who be would like, say? No, who you. would say no? Thank you. You know, I'll, I'll worry about my taxes. You yeah, just you pay just me pay more. Me you know, so it's the same issue. Absolutely. So it's and the other. So the other thing that article was mentioning was that so people really should consider taking their IRA and rolling it into a Roth, right? And I'm saying, you know. There's so much that goes the, into the doing that. And second of all, is so I mean, I would it's say a complicated a hundred, issue. Well, plus I would say it's a tricky thing because there's a hundred articles a year telling people to do to a do Roth that. conversion. Yeah. But the problem is, it is not a cut and dry. No, every single person, no matter your situation, should do a Roth for conversion. Exactly. There's going to be a lot of people for whom that's not a good idea. No, exactly. And I mean, and we usually run the numbers for everybody to make sure that it, whether it's the right. What people don't realize is whatever you take out of your IRA that year, you're paying taxes on that. So if you say I'm going to roll over a hundred thousand into my Roth, well, guess what? That hundred thousand dollars is being taxed today. So if you're in a tax bracket, 20% tax bracket, 20%, so you take $100,000 out, 20% goes to the IRS, right? And if you've got the money to pay, great, you can put the 100 into your Roth. If not, you're putting 80 into your Roth. Mm-hmm. So that 80 now has to grow to 100, which is 20%, over X number of years just to break even. That's a high number, right? People don't realize that. Yep, it's like, exactly. oh, you, oh, I got to pay taxes? Yeah, you got to pay taxes. Exactly. <laughs> the Roth conversion is yeah. a taxable And so there's, there's math behind that, and you have to figure out, is this worth it for me over time? Especially for people who are – especially because often the Roth conversion is recommended if you're still working. But if you're still working, you have income, you don't want your Roth money to now be taxed at this higher rate that right. you may not be looking at in retirement. Exactly. I mean, if, you're at a, if you're in a 24% tax bracket right now – you don't want to do a Roth conversion now if you think you're going to be at a 15% tax bracket in retirement. Yeah, and that 24 tax bracket may push you to 32 if you take out the, right? Yeah, so it now does you're paying, add to your So now you're paying income. big time on this conversion, yeah. So there's, there's a lot to be, so mm-hmm. the problem is they, they simplify things and saying this is what you should do. 
Well, it's the you know, and and you get. I mean, we've we've seen people come into our offices. I, I, I'm thinking of doing this, and we said that let's 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 run the numbers. And in some cases, like, well, here's here's the yeah. options. You can do this, and you can do this. And, well, how many and people? In the I end, would say fifty percent of all people that come and say I want to do a raw conversion, it ends up not being. You run the numbers, and they're worse off if you exactly. do a raw conversion. Exactly. Than they yeah. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the you know, the, again, these articles are made to create this scenario that some, either something's really wrong or you've got to worry about this, right? And, and like, I, like I was telling the, the guys back in the office, I guarantee if the market had gone down, they would have said, oh, my Lord, RMDs are going to be so low. People are going to have to find ways to borrow money because the RMDs are low. Mm-hmm. It's like, no matter what, it's not, yeah. not good. They, they just create, well, what's that? I can't think of the word, you know. You know drama. Drama, yeah. yeah. It's, let's face it, all these articles, especially online articles, they're designed for you to click. They're designed to have a headline which causes you to click because when you click the ads that you see on the side of the article, pay the, pers- the company who, wrote, who published the article. Exactly. So the problem is it's not – these articles are – I always tell people, you know, you can view them as interesting tidbits – but they're really – they're not a replacement for actual investment advice. You should not get your investment advice from an article because the article does not know your specific situation. Right. The article is, is always going to be very broad. It's going to be somewhat misleading and it's going to be overly dramatized either on the plus or the – it's going to be either this is the greatest thing ever or this is the worst thing ever. And given that fear sells better, it's probably going to say this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> so you just have to be aware of that. And if you see news, you see something about a Roth conversion or you see how many people last year were asking, hey, is it true that I can uh, convert my 529 to, to, to a Roth and said, well, yes and no. That's right. Yes, you can take part of it and, and turn it to Roth. No, you cannot take your $150,000, 529 leftover and turn the whole thing into a Roth and not pay any taxes on it. Exactly. And it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right? So the problem is there's, it, there are always details and there are unique situations that you need to talk with an advisor about because the article is not a substitute that's right. Articles That's right. and blobs are not substitutes for actual investment yeah. advice. Now, I have to admit, once in a while, the articles do say, you know, before you do anything, talk to your tax advisor yeah. or financial advisor. So, yeah, from that oh, yeah, they're always going to put that disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. And that's one disclaimer that you actually should follow. Absolutely. It's there yeah. for a yeah. reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just there. I mean, it's there to cover their, you know, what, yeah. right? Just in case someone says, oh, I did this and the article said to, but it was a bad idea, right? But it's also good advice. You I was looking for a you. word for that word in some other language that people wouldn't know. What's, what's <laughs> because you don't speak derriere. Derriere, yeah. Derriere. I was busy for Dio, but, you know. So, because, um, you know, in speak, I think 20 languages, one of them was even like Swahili, and one was a language I didn't even heard of. So I was like, maybe there's a word that nobody Probably. else, nobody would know what that word is. Probably. Uh, that's funny. Um, and yeah, the other, I guess the other thing was, um, and even Nicholas mentioned this morning that there now is an ETF that, that invests in Bitcoin. And like I said, the SEC has, uh, has approved, has yeah. now approved, which again, it's just one of those things where I always say, it, listen, if you, if you always wanted to put, whether it be 1%, 2%, whatever percent you want into Bitcoin, and now th- this helps you do it in a very easy way. Mm-hmm. The, question, the thing I always say is you are investing in a market that's extremely volatile. It means mm-hmm. it could go up very big or go down very and, big. And let's face it, which has no intrinsic value. In other None. words, when you buy 
Totatola, you are buying a share of the profits that Totatola makes by selling an actual thing, which is a bottle or a can of Totatola. When you are buying Bitcoin, there is no physical coin. There is no company. There is no Bitcoin Inc., which makes profit over the sale of an actual coin. You are buying something with no intrinsic value, which I'm not saying you can't do it. I mean, if you think about it, a, a dollar, the intrinsic value of a dollar is, is much higher, like is higher than the piece of paper, right? You know, right? You're not buying, when you buy a dollar, you're not buying the piece of paper dollar, right? There's a reason you buy it and you use money which is beyond the piece of paper. And a lot of money is digital at this point. Exactly. But just be aware that investing in Bitcoin is not the same as investing in Apple or, or a company. Amazon or – Because yeah, those companies at some point actually do something. Exactly. They sell either an object or a service. Bitcoin sells neither. It, it is – you're buying it because you think someone else will pay you more for it later. Yeah. It's true, yeah. It's almost like a almost like a pyramid scheme, right? Where you hope that somebody else that says, "Oh, there's now an ETF of Bitcoin. I'm going to buy it," and somebody else buys it before you know it, until somebody they start selling it all one time. Yeah, somebody lets. And I would say for people, also think about why you want before you don't buy an ETF of something like Bitcoin, or and I think this applies to a gold ETF or silver ETF, right? You need to ask yourself, why do I want to invest in this? If your purpose of investing in it is, I am afraid of economic collapse, and I want to make sure I have gold and Bitcoin and silver and these things other than dollar, an ETF does not solve your problem because you do not actually own any Bitcoins. In other words, you can't turn, if, if if there is indeed economic collapse or Wall Street collapse, you can't go to the ETF and say, hey, can I get my 10 Bitcoins because I intend to use these to pay a transaction. You can't go to a gold ETF and say, all right, I calculate that uh, the amount that I bought you is equal to five bars of gold. Can you deliver me my five bars of gold? It doesn't work that way. In other words, an ETF is not a substitute for Bitcoin, gold, or silver in the event of an actual economic collapse. The purpose of the ETF is I think when I sell this ETF share that it will be higher than it is today. In other words, I think the price of silver, gold, or Bitcoin will be higher in the future than it is when I bought this ETF. It is not a substitute for I want gold in case of I can't use dollars because it's, you, that doesn't work that way. Right. right. So I think, And I think that's important to keep in mind. This isn't if you're worried about actual disaster, an ETF is not going to yeah. solve your problem. So, uh, that's a good point. However, on, 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 the, on the flip side, right, a lot of people use you know, gold, silver ETFs during inflationary cycles, right? Because mm-hmm. no, they, they, use it, they use some of these ETFs as hedges in their portfolio saying, mm-hmm. I've got a portfolio that's very aggressive. Which is different. Right. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I think something's going to happen. Yeah. And therefore, I just want some, it's an, almost an insurance, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, gold and silver, typically when there's inflation, those, those have done very well. Mm-hmm. The problem I say with Bitcoin is if you take a look at what happened in 2022, 
2022, when did inflation start to spike? 2022. Okay, 2022, inflation really spiked, right? Bitcoin did not do as Bitcoin did horrible. I mean, it just crashed, right? So you have to take a step back and say, really, why am I buying Bitcoin? Is it a hedge portfolio? Is it I just want to be aggressive? Or do I think it's going up? Listen, you could just be saying, I don't know, my gut says Bitcoin's going up, so I want to put some money. So it's a great way. It's an easy way for you to do that. But from a perspective of hedging or anything else that we can think of, there's not enough history in Bitcoin for us to really say this is, this is the appropriate time to mm-hmm. use Bitcoin as opposed mm-hmm. to you know, definitely the commodities sector where there are times where you can say, yes, during these cycles, these type of cycles, these type of commodities do very well. So if you think that cycle is coming, yes, go ahead and buy an ETF in you know, whether it be copper or gold or silver mm-hmm. or platinum or well, – Well, let's face it. It may not be perfect, but gold has a 2,000-plus year history of exactly. being a hedge against fiat currency, which is what dollars are. Right. But as, even in the past, of course, it was because currencies were pegged to gold. So if there's less gold than the then your dollar, which is supposed to be pegged, is like, but wait a second, I don't think my government actually has enough gold to trade in this dollar. This dollar isn't worth what I think it is. But of course, less gold means the price of gold goes up, right? So that's what it used to be. And even today, even though they're not pegged to the dollar anymore, it, it, it serves a similar function. So gold and silver have a 2,000-year history of being hedges against right, currencies. Exactly. Bitcoin does, has, a, has only existed for a little over a decade. Yeah. So it is not... It does not have that track it has, record. Yeah, of and, being and it doesn't. It hasn't proved hedge. that it that it can be a hedge against anything in, in particular at this point in time. All right, because the volatility has been so great that you can't you you map and you say, I don't really know when it does well. You know, in the sense of, is it doing well when markets go up? Is it doing well when markets go down? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So, it's very hard to use mm-hmm. as a you know because there are also, you know, there are also other ETFs that that you know that when the markets go down. These particular ETFs These do very up. well, so it's a you know so you want a negative correlation to mm-hmm. the portfolio, then you know to use that ETF. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin is not that either. At yeah, this point it's not in time. one of those. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, it's important to know what you want. Is do you want a hedge? In other words, do you want something that goes up if the market goes down? Do you want something that you just think is going to go up? You're just like I think a bunch of my friends are going to buy Bitcoin. I want to be, participate in the upside. Do you want if if you want something to do actual transactions and you want privacy or something like that you you shouldn't even use those Coinbase and foreign exchange things because that's not private. In other right. words, if you buy a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin on Coinbase, you you're not doing secret transactions with this Bitcoin. Everybody knows that you bought this Bitcoin. Your exactly. name is attached yeah. to it. So you you just need to know why you're doing it and not conglomerate into it into saying I want to own Bitcoin and an ETF is just the same as buying it or buying it on a foreign exchange is just easier. It, yes, it's easier. It's not the same. It's a totally different use right. of it. And I think that applies to a lot of things as well. In other words, you have to know that buying a gold ETF, buying an ETF that owns gold mine companies and buying physical gold are three different things. One is going to be easier than others, right? One's going to cost you a little bit of a premium if you go physical. Exactly. But they serve three very different purposes, and you, they shouldn't be conflated. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. That's a good point. Yeah. So that's our uh, – I would say what we're, if I had to summarize our two tips for today, it's know <laughs> why you want to buy something new and uh, 
don't get you can read investment articles yeah, don't but panic. don't panic over yeah. what you read yeah. in investment articles yeah. which is you, what you, you got to do which what many of our clients do is they, they give us a call and say i just yeah. read this you know what what do you think what do you think yeah and you, you know that's what they're for educating and helping absolutely i would agree completely uh just uh, a couple extra shout we did have a couple people uh liking the show this way uh mila sees already uh liking the show this morning uh steven mitchell watching the show this morning so thank you both for uh for joining us so it was uh, it was a great show. No, it was. Enjoyed, it was. Uh, I definitely enjoyed talking to Christina, learning about speech. That was interesting. I didn't realize she kept saying, "You look familiar. You look familiar." It's like, oh yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. My very first uh, <laughs> Forward Atlanta event from, yeah. from back in the day, and I was like, "You know what? You do look familiar." And it's yeah. like just full circle. Absolutely. And then yeah. uh, great, of course, great speaking with you. And just same learning. here. Same here. It's always fun. Yeah. Always fun to do the finance topics. I think uh, Mrs. Erby had a uh, finance. Uh, Question? Data point for us, sending us, so Mama Erby. Okay, Mama Erby. <laughs> uh, your, your Mrs. Erby, Jan Erby. <laughs> uh, consumer prices were up in December again. Apparently was the news, uh, was the new, this news this morning. Yeah. So inflation jumped, jumped higher than expected yeah. in and December. I think, yeah, and listen, I think we, we talked a little bit about this last time. Last um, week, yep. You know, it, I, I think the inflation numbers are going to be higher than, than we've seen in the, in the past. I mean, past not over the last two or three years, but before that, right? I think they're going to be higher than 2%. So you just got to be prepared for that. I mean, I think at this point, I don't want to call it the new normal, but the fact is we're, in an, we're, I think, in an environment right now where higher prices are going to be the more of the norm than the prices new, coming yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I, think that's, I think that's the case. I, I think there's just there's not... We're, we're seeing the Federal Reserve has done everything possible. I mean, short of jacking interest rates to insane levels, right? Which even then is questionable whether that would help to do this. But the issue is, like Milton Friedman said back in the day, inflation is always and everywhere. It's too much money chasing too few goods. And as long as that is the case, you can't undo it. Yeah. So, and well, you also have... <clears throat> Let's change it. The, the the environment is changing a little bit also, right? So in other words, we were getting an enormous amount of products from places like China, India, etc., where the product produced there was very, very cheap because labor there was zero, was right? was very cheap, right? If you want to change that... You have to be able to pay more. In order to bring it back to the States. And some things, I think, need to be back mm. to, to the U.S., right? You're going to be paying more for it, right? And so if, if, the, if the change is happening and it happens slowly, I think it's better for this country. You're going to have to pay more for it, though, right? Mm-hmm. So I think from that perspective, that type of inflation, I'm happy with, right? Because it means you're bringing back jobs. Mm-hmm. You're bringing back products that should be we should be able to produce here in the states we can't be you know we, we can't be subject that everything that we need here right we're importing and then someday something happens you know like 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 covid well, right like well, the pandemic how many medical supplies and medicines exactly it turns out were i mean my my eye drops the ones i use for glaucoma right what i found out was that the only place making those drops at one point in time was puerto rico right so, come puerto rico. so when we had those issues and Hurricane, Hurricane, you know, the pandemic, no drops. So you're sitting there, well, I need my eye drops. Well, we can't get them. 
you mean to tell me they don't, they're not made in this country? How, can, how is that possible, mm -hmm. right? So that, I think if we can convert that into a lot of those products being made in the U.S., you may have to pay more for them, but I think that's a good thing, right? There's other things that we're paying more for that you say, why? We shouldn't mm -hmm. be that because Food. there yeah. is, yeah, exactly, this, nothing's changed, right? Mm -hmm. and, so, and, if, and if we have enough supply but we're not tapping into it, that's also a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, there's different reasons why exactly. things may, may go up. I mean, it's just basic. I mean, if your clothes are made in sweatshops with child labor and you switch them to the United States and you're no longer using child labor, it's going to be more expensive. Exactly. It's probably a good thing because you shouldn't have been getting them from child labor sweatshops in the first place. That's so right. It's, there's, a, there's a cost to do the right thing. Yeah. And I mean, better. we have laws in this country but for things like that. But when somebody else, somebody else, that's okay. It's like, wait a minute. So we don't let it happen in this country, but somebody else does it, it's okay, we'll we buy it. it. Exactly. Something wrong with that, right? Exactly. So yeah. I, that, this may be persistent. And it's yeah. why we, I mean, we're not, we were already running financial plans with a higher inflation number even before the pandemic. Yeah, we're running at 5%. We were running, and, and we're, we continue to run above, because it's not going to go back to the 2%. Yeah. Well, we're also conservative. In other words, what, I mean, the, the worst case scenario is not that it goes to zero. Right? That's, I mean, great. that's, that's, that's great. The worst case scenario is that it remains high. Remains high. So what happens if it remains high? And that's, exactly. that's the important part. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you, uh, Mrs. Erpy. Yeah. For the, uh, for the tidbit. Tidbit, yeah. Uh, the tidbit. I'm glad you she's know, watching the news. Covering, yeah, covering the news for us while we're on today, Manana, <laughs> making sure that uh, we, are, we remain informed That's on right. today, Manana. Uh, so it was a great, great show yeah, today. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciated it. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Uh, next week, we've got uh, Matthias Yon from Matthias Yon Realty, okay. our, uh, our monthly meetup. Yeah, we haven't Matthias. seen him in some time. I'm, I'm glad. I know that. You know, um, just, well, he's not, he may have some good news. Yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully. Some good news yes. for us. There and uh, so we're gonna meet with him. It'll be sometime between now and then. We will cross the uh, third anniversary of uh, and get into the fourth and go into year number four. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, really appreciate all of you who uh, who have continued to stick with us, our fantastic audience. That's why we're here is <laughs> because of that. Absolutely. Always enjoy being on the Always show. Always a lot with of you. fun. Thank you uh, once again, Judah, behind the camera. Love being here on the I Love Seville Network set. Uh, thanks to Emergent Financial Services for presenting. Thanks to our fantastic partners, Castle Hill Cider, Matias Young Realty, Credit Serious Insurance, Forward Adelante. We look forward to seeing all of you next week. But until that time, hasta mañana.